So today I want to talk to you about something um, that I titled Selfie. Um, and we crossed it out because um, we live in, in, a, in a selfie generation. Amen. <clears throat> if you don't know what that is, if you're not, you don't have social media, you don't have a el face or a Twitter or Instagram or anything. You, maybe you don't know what a selfie is. A selfie is when you take a picture of yourself, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? Most of you should know this. You take a, you get your phone and you, you always want to go up. Okay? Angle has to go up. Cause down here, you're going to get the double chin. Okay? So you want to go, okay. You guys get the point. <coughs> but, this is the, the kind of generation that we live, we live in now. It's kind of like a, a me generation, a self generation. And Jesus challenges this generation. It's so crazy that the Bible is still relevant 2,000 or whatever years later, right? The, the words of Jesus, I should say, are still relevant today. And <laughs> it's so impactful to me because when, when we read the stuff that we're going to read today, Stuff that Jesus said, stuff that, you know, Apostle Paul said. It's so awesome because they, they didn't have technology back then. Like, they didn't. Can you imagine Apostle Paul with a cell phone? He'd be like, whoa, this is the Antichrist. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, they didn't have that technology. I was thinking, actually, uh, last night... Um, when I was like, uh, I think I was like maybe 18, I started working with selling cell phones when I was 19. And um, cell phones definitely, they didn't even have cameras back then. Oh, man, I'm so old. Okay, cell phones didn't even have cameras back then. For some of you, like, kids, like, you don't know what a cell phone without a camera is. Like, that's for, they didn't even have color screens. It was like yellow and black screens, like the old computers. Are you with me? And that, I, I used to sell those phones, and then you had to put up the antenna, like, all the way up here, right? We had to put, pull up the antenna all along, and then the uh, cell phone was super fat, and, and, you know, it was just like a big, and it would get hot after one conversation. Like, oh, man, it'd be all hot. Like, you have to cool it down like it's a car. <coughs> I start, I used to sell those phones back when Verizon used to be AirTouch Cellular. Come on, old people. You with me? Right? So AirTouch, we used to sell phones, and, and uh, nobody had phones. They didn't know what it was. People would walk in the mall, especially like, like in the Hispanic land. Where like Stonewood Mall or something like that where I worked. And like, they didn't know cell phone. Like, it's that so, you know? Like, what is that? And I'd be like, look, like, you could call and like, you could be far away from each other. What? And I used to be a good salesperson, by the way. Very uh, manipulative. But, man, technology has really taken over our life. I remember when I was 18 and I, and I selling these phones and... I feel like the Holy Spirit spoke to me, although I didn't really have a relationship with God back then. <clears throat> I feel like he spoke to me, and, and I, I felt like he told me that technology was just going to take over our lives like a, like, like a monster. It was going to be monstrous. 
that it was going to take over our lives. And, and I saw it from, from the start. I mean, it's not a coincidence that I worked in these places and, and at the beginning and I was at the forefront of, of these phones. Isn't that weird? Like, I know I feel, oh man, I feel so old. Like, okay. One Saturday, I think it was like a Friday night. We're selling the old phones, which were called analog phones. Those were like radio frequency, you know, like AM radio, let's say. You know, AM radio is like, you, you got to be careful where you're at because you may not. It was like an AM radio phone, okay, on Friday night. The next day on Saturday morning, we were going to sell digital phones for the first time ever in the U.S. I'm selling on Friday night. I'm selling radio phones to people. And good. I'm selling. I sold like 10 or 12 phones that night. And on Saturday morning, I'm going to sell the new technology, the digital stuff, the FM radio, right? Just to compare. <coughs> the next morning, I'm like, these new phones came out, and they look different, too. They, they weren't as big, and, and they, yeah, they were just different. But, man, technology has really come a long way. Amen? Some of you may not get me. You're like, I used to have a, a pager and a, a beeper. And some of you guys are like, what? I was like, what is that? I've never heard of that before. <coughs> and then some of you are older than me, so you used to have the cans with the string. Hello? And you had to be close enough because you're older than I am. God bless you. Or smoke. You guys would do the smoke. Smoke signals. Praise the Lord. Yeah, and just like, <laughs> and just like technology has really just taken over our life. That's my point. That's my first point. Why don't you open your Bibles to, to Luke, <coughs> Luke chapter nine? I'm not going to take much of your time. Plan or not? Hopefully, taking much of your time. Luke chapter 9, when you have it, please say amen. We're going to read two verses there, verse 23 and 24. And it says, I have NLT, then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Let me read that again because this is powerful. Then he said to the crowd. Now, first of all, he's not talking just to his disciples, okay? He's talking to the entire crowd that's been following him. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross daily and follow me. <clears throat> if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. I ask that you speak to us. I ask that you use me, Lord, as your vessel, God, and you would bring your word, Lord, and it would just touch us and show us, Lord, what you have for us, God. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Okay, so how many of you have heard these verses? Raise your hand. How many of you have not heard these verses? Raise your hand. 
good. Um, these, these are very popular verses. Amen? Would you guys say amen to that? Um, but sometimes they're used the wrong way. Okay, We have to kind of understand where we're living at and in what time we live in to understand these verses. We have to understand that we are children of God. You understand that? We have to understand that we have been saved by grace. Amen? And you, and you have to understand that, that you're no longer part of the crowd. That you're now part of the family. Many believers have a wrong understanding of this passage. And uh, in, in some ways, um, we kind of want to force people almost to, uh, to, to follow Jesus. And we can't force people to follow Jesus. We got to let the Holy Spirit, we have to let the Holy Spirit do it. We can't, we can't force anyone into the kingdom, amen? We have to let the Holy Spirit do his job. The Holy Spirit is so beautiful, amen? The Holy Spirit is so gentle. He's so awesome. And he loves us. And what Jesus is saying here is, I want you to follow me, but it's not going to be something that's forced. It's not going to be something that's taken over by by, by, by self-effort and strength is something that I'm going to do in you. And it's so good. It's so good for him to do that for us. So I want to take you, I'm telling you, I'm not going to be that long. I want to take you to a, 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 ch- a chapter in the Bible that's just going to really explain everything. It's really going to break everything down. You ready? Let's go to, uh, let me see, Philippians. Chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, verse 7. Amen when you have it. It says, we're going to read quite a bit, 7 to 18. It says, instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. We, when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to uh, to God and died a criminal's death. Excuse me. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That's beautiful. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Thank you. <laughs> Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you and know that I am away. It is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to, to do what pleases him do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you live clean innocent lives as children of god shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people <clears throat> hold firmly to the word of life then on the day of christ's return 
I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain, that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will share your joy. Amen? Let's go to verse 13, because that's the, the verse, the key verse there. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Say power. Say desire. It is God who is working in you and giving you the power and desire to do what's good. You can't tell someone, pick up your cross and follow Jesus just like that. It has to come from the Holy Spirit. It is a work inside that the Holy Spirit is doing in a person. If you desire to follow Jesus, it is because the Holy Spirit has placed that desire inside of you. It is because the Holy Spirit has placed that power and desire inside of you. So we want to be a generation of selfless people, but we can't do it with self-effort. We could, we can only do it through the Holy Spirit. You see, in your new nature, you want to serve others. You want to be selfless. You want to do good things. You want to help the poor. You want to go visit orphans and widows. And you want to do amazing things because that's your nature. But you have to work from that nature. You can't work from the old nature. And what happens to us sometimes is that we begin to work from the old nature rather than from the new nature. And so we get tired. We get tired. We get, we get sick. We, we, we mess up a lot because we're working from a, from a human point of view. We're working from the carnal mind and not the spiritual mind. And in Jesus, God has given you a spiritual mind, not a carnal mind, not a mind that is strengthened through your own knowledge and your own human ways, but, but a mind that is from Christ so that you're able to follow him. See, Paul is telling them, you want to, you, you you want to do what pleases God? You want to desire to do, to do good? It's, it's God that's putting that power and desire for you to do good for others. What Jesus was saying, pick up your cross and follow me. <clears throat> a lot of people take it as like a, like a heavy and forceful thing. Like you better pick up your cross. And it's like you literally have to pick something up. I'm not going to do it right now. And, 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 and like a, a burden. But but the thing is that, that we think of, of the cross that Jesus carried, and we think we have to carry his cross. It didn't say carry my cross. It said carry your cross. See, when you carry your cross, it's, it's something that God has called you to do. And when he calls you to do it, he will empower you to do it. Jesus was called to a literal cross, to die at a literal place. You're not called to die for others in that way. You get what I'm saying? But you are called for something in this kingdom. And when God calls you for something in this kingdom, he empowers you for it. Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit to finish the work of the cross. And that's what he meant by pick up your cross and follow me. 
your cross? What is God calling you for? What, what, what has God placed in your hands that he's saying, I want you to follow me in this? Now, we follow him as children and we're guided, but what, what purpose? There's, there's something significant in your life that God has called you for. He has placed a desire in your heart to follow him. And what? And what does that take? For me, it, what it looks like, according to the word, it looks like it takes these four things that I pulled from the word. It takes sacrifice. It takes to being humble. It takes servanthood and obedience. Four things. Sacrifice. It takes sacrifice, being humble, servanthood, and obedience. But see, when we hear these words, we think, oh, my gosh, I have to sacrifice and, and be humble, like in traffic, too. And, and, and I, have to be, I have to serve others, and I have to be obedient. That sounds like in our minds, right, like in our, in our brains, I should say, in our carnal mind, it sounds like Jesus could do that, but me, like, I don't know. But see, what, I, what I'm saying is that when Jesus was talking to the crowd, he was, saying, he, was, he was saying it prophetically. He wasn't saying, like, right now you guys should pick up your cross and follow me. He was saying it prophetically because Jesus had not picked up his cross yet. So he had not displayed what it meant to be obedient and, and sacrificial in that way, in the, in the cross way. And so he was being prophetic because the, the disciples didn't really get it until after Jesus Christ resurrected. And some of them didn't get it until the Holy Spirit fell on them. Amen? Like some of them didn't get it. Like, like it took a little bit for them to get it. And so God is not forcing you to do anything. He's empowering you to do stuff. There's a big difference. If you feel forced and you feel heavy and burdened, that you're doing it on your own. God didn't call you for that. You need to sit down and chill out and wait for the Lord to call you for whatever he's calling you. When you feel called, man, you feel passionate. You want to come and preach <clears throat> even when you're coughing. You want to come and serve the Lord even when you don't feel good. Even when there's a Super Bowl, you want to come to church. Because you're passionate. You have a calling. God has placed you somewhere. I didn't like that one. <laughs> sacrifice. Jesus, did Jesus show sacrifice? We always talk about it. Did he? Amen? He always showed sacrifice in everything that he did. There was a moment where he said, Lord, if this cup can pass. He said, Father, if this cu cup can pass for me, but if not, let it be your will. I was like the only moment, right? But he was, he was sacrificial all the way through. We need this. Sacrifice doesn't come from a, a human way of thinking. It comes from heaven. That's a, a value of heaven is sacrifice. Putting others, putting stuff, putting God before other stuff. Sacrifice. Jesus did it. He showed it. But we need training in this, in this mindset. This is how I feel, you guys, and, and me. I feel like you're waiting to explode with God's goodness. Like all of you here are waiting to explode with God's goodness. And there's people around you that are waiting for you to explode with his goodness. 
That's, that's what I mean by sacrifice. Like you are, man, you're just ready to just share. You're ready to open your mouth. And, I, and God is placing you in, in situations where you might not have like all the way a choice to just share about Jesus. Like they were telling me at work today, a coworker, <coughs> she was like, oh, you know, I'm not eating any meat right now. And I was like, dang, I'm sorry. I got a burrito for lunch steak and she's like no i'm i'm doing lint right oh i'm like oh you're linting oh cool that's not a word but i said it like that (coughs) and i could have just you know said you know eh." but i was just like that's awesome that's good you love god yeah that's good you love god you know what he loves you even more you could Starve yourself. He loves you more than that. And she was like, you're right. You're right. And it was just a moment, but it was, it was a God moment. Sacrifice. He says, you know, um, he was also humble. He says, you know, be like me. I'm humble in spirit, Jesus said. He was humble. Humble. Uh, He also said this in the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Like having a humble heart is just having a heart that you know you need Jesus. That you know that without Jesus, you you go crazy. That's why he says, look, if you you go after your life, if if you're selfieing it too much, if you're too too selfie mode, you're just going to find yourself in yourself. And you're going to be lost in self. That ever happened to you? You're, you're like go a couple weeks and you're just selfie all, all two weeks. And you're just doing selfie stuff. You're just doing stuff for yourself and self, self. And all of a sudden in like a week and a half, you're like, I don't feel good. I feel stressed out. I feel lost. I feel like, where's God at? What God was saying is, look, forget the selfie. Follow me. Look for me. Come after me. Make me, make me your selfie. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It is being meek. I heard this quote today. Out of coincidence, I was listening to some, some Christian rap. And a, <laughs> a person said, some say being meek is weak. Try being meek or a weak. A lot of people think that being humble and meek is weakness. Try it for a week. Just, just, go, just get in your car and drive down to 101 and try to be meek. Real talk. It, 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 because it's not, a, it's not a human virtue. It's a, it's, a, it's a value from heaven. God wants to put that inside you. He did, I mean. He put that inside you. He wants you to use it. It's being absent from pride and arrogance. It's the new man. You know, to the new, to the new man, it comes easy. Let me give you an example. You know how sometimes we make speaking in tongues like this big deal in our brain? We make it like this, like when we first, you know, we're going to speak in tongues, we make it like this big thing. And, and it's really just a gift and you receive it by faith. It's, it's, it's meant to be easy, Right? When, when I first spoke in tongues, I spoke in tongues that night, 
And as soon as I got to the, because it was a retreat, as soon as I got to my room, I was like, I, that was fake. I didn't do it. That was false. It was my brain. I heard, because sometimes you could even like be, like you could think and be speaking in tongues. And that tripped me out because I was like, I'm speaking in tongues in my head. I was like, I'm speaking in tongues right now. And that, when I got to my room, I was like, I was thinking, oh, it's fake. No, I got to, no. That was, the, that was Satan. I don't know. And I got to my room. Now, mind you, the gift, any gift from God, including being humble, is received by faith and it's easy. It's a gift. Anybody ever gotten gifts? You get a gift, and the hardest part is the, uh, some people wrap it really crazy. But Holy Spirit just, I don't even think he wraps it, to be honest with you. I think he's just like, here. So I get to my room, and I'm like, no, that was fake. Yeah, no, I got to, I got to, we got to do it over tomorrow again because we got to talk to the pastor and the elders and the deacons because they got to pray for me because I don't know. That was weird. That wasn't me. So I fall asleep. I fall asleep. And I'm sleeping. And I wake up in the middle of the night speaking in tongues. And I'm I'm speaking in tongues. I wake up and I'm like, I'm speaking in tongues. No, no, what? Oh, my God. Sometimes our flesh has to literally go to sleep so that our spirit can work. Wow. That's how, that's how bad we are sometimes with our flesh and our feelings and our emotions and our brain that God has to wait. I can't wait for this guy to go to sleep so that I can work in him or her. Selfie. I woke up speaking in tongues and I was like, well, this was real. And you know what? The whole night. That whole night, I kept waking up with speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues the whole night. It's the self sometimes gets in the way. The brain, the emotions, the thoughts gets in the way. But, man, if you knew how blessed. Ah, oh man, let me get to this part. Humbleness. It's a gift. It's from empowered from the Holy Spirit. Let, let's read Matthew 20. The next part is talking about servanthood. Matthew 20, verse 20. It says, then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt respectfully to ask a favor. What is your request? He asked, this is Jesus. She replied, in your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you. One on your right and the other on your left. But Jesus answered by saying to them, you don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Oh, yes, they replied. We are able. Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. My father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. Uh, When the ten other disciples heard that James and John had asked, they were indignant. But Jesus called them together and said, You know what the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them? But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. 
For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. What a great mom. She's a great mother. I'm not being sarcastic. I think any good mother wants her kids to be great. And this mom's like, I'm going to go to Jesus. I'm going to kneel before him, first of all, because respect. And I'm going to worship him for a little bit. And then I'm going to ask him for a favor. That kind of sounds like our prayer life sometimes, doesn't it? I'm guilty. I'm going to go to Jesus. I'm going to worship him for about a minute and a half. And then I'm going to ask for some favors because I really need some stuff right now. Maybe it's just me, Punch. I don't know. I go to Jesus. I, I, I haven't prayed in two days. So I need to go to Jesus right now because I'm feeling a little weird. Plus, you know, we need, I need to pay that one bill. So, Jesus, I love you. By the way, God, I'm just thinking right now. I need, a, I need this favor here. And not, not that this is bad, okay? Not that, that God is like, no! He, he loves our silliness. He loves it. He just wants to teach us better. He wants us to have relationship with him all the time. But mom, she, she feels like this is the best way. Because really what she wants to do is get there and ask him this question. She kneels before him just to, you know, sugar him up a little bit. And then ask the question of the century. Can my two sons sit next to you in heaven, in the kingdom? One on your right, if you don't mind, and one on your left. I mean, not, not, they, not sit under you, Lord. I mean, I really want them to be next to you. Because, I mean, my, my sons are amazing, okay? Let me tell you. And they deserve. And they will serve you, Lord. <coughs> what the mom is asking is not bad. What the sons desire is not bad. It's a good thing to want to be great in the kingdom of God. But the way that things work in the kingdom of God to be great, it's different than how it works in the world. To be great, Jesus says, you have to serve others. And you have to become their slave. You know, what he's saying is, you just have to have a heart for others. You have to love others more than you take care of yourself, love yourself. That's not an easy thing to do in our human mind and in our flesh and in our thinking. That's something that heaven provides, that Holy Spirit provides. It's something that, that God puts in, in, in us. He gives us that heart to want to serve and bless others. He tells him, you don't know what you ask. Because she didn't know because it was, she didn't understand how the kingdom worked. But Jesus didn't deny it. He didn't, like, make her feel bad. He just said, you know what? If all of you now, here's a lesson. If all of you want to be great in the kingdom, you have to serve others because that's what I did. I left my throne to come and serve others. Serving is not just an act that we do at church. It is a heart for others. Okay? Now, serving at church is awesome. You should do it like I was saying earlier, but it's not just an act that we do at church. It is a heart 
for others. You love other people. You want to serve them. These are all things that the Holy Spirit has placed inside you, that God has placed inside you as a new creation. For you, remember I told you the whole tongues thing and I was asleep and all that? Your, your new spirit, your new creation spirit in there, your new man is what the Bible calls it. He wants, he wants to serve others. He wants to be obedient. He wants to be humble. He wants to follow Jesus and be sacrificial. It's normal for your new creation. It's normal. It's normal in heaven. It's normal for you. But things get in the way. Life, uh, so many things just get in the way. So the question is, how do we pick up our cross and follow Jesus? By the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Letting him, letting him guide us, letting him uh, empower us, and, and letting him work inside of us. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, all we got to be is available. If you're not available, then it's not going to happen. If you don't make yourself available for God to work and, and, and just let him in and just let him take everything and just let, let him do his work inside you, then it's not going to be possible. You're going to be living like this. And you're going to have to come to church, you know, and, and get, like, energized and then live, you know, your week like this and then come again. And that's not a good cycle. That's, that's, that's not a good cycle. Let, have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Get to know who you are. Get to know who God is in you. That's why grace is so important because grace just brings us in and like there's everything you have is because of his grace. Everything you have in God is because you didn't deserve it, but he gave it to you anyway. He did. From what mindset are you working from? I was asking this question at the retreat. You read Romans 8 again. Romans 8 is is saying there's a the law of the spirit that lives in you. There's a carnal mind that's against, that's against God. It's an enemy of God. But there's a spiritual mind that has the law of God. Which mindset are you working from? Are you working from that mindset that says, this is not possible, me carrying the cross that God has called me to carry, it's not possible? Being sacrificial, humble, that's not possible? Are you thinking about it that way or are you thinking, man, this is so possible, this is so me? By faith, confess it. Who do you say that you are? It's very important. Who are, who are you to yourself in God? God wants us to see ourselves in him. That's why we look to him and we don't look to selfie. Because looking at selfie is just going to, you're going to see your flaws. You're going to see all the bad stuff. You're going to, it's just going to, you know, you look at him. Be Christ conscious. Be conscious of Christ and, and follow him only. Amen? Do you know who you are in Christ? You are holy, beloved, children, powerful, your new creation, your royal, your priest, you're acceptable, you're the bride of Christ, you're special. Chosen generation, old man dead, new man lives. You're the home of Jesus, for goodness sake. 
And you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're a co-heir with Christ. You're a woman of virtues. You're a man of honor. But you're everything to God. He's given you everything. This is who you are. You can do this. We can do this. We can be selfless people, a selfless generation. We can pick up our cross. We can do it with the new man. And it's not heavy. As a matter of fact, it's probably the lightest thing ever because of what he did. He believes you can. He knows you. He trusts you. You know, he trusts you with this world. You're you're the light and the salt of this earth. He trusts you with his kingdom. He is confident in you. Maybe you're not that confident in yourself, but he is confident in you. He knows that you can. He knows that you have goals, that you have dreams, that you have desires. And he knows that you can because he placed those dreams and those desires in your heart. Be children of God. Just be. You're children of God. Just be. You don't need to become anymore. You just need to be. Amen? Be who you are. Many children are still trying to become. Still. They've been in in, in church. They've been in, in Christ for a long time trying to become. And what God is saying, just be who you are. Just be who I've called you to be. You don't have to try to become anything. Just be who you are already in Christ. Now, your mind is being transformed, yes. But you are already a new creation. Old things have passed. Everything has become new, the Bible says. So just be. Children, God, I wrote this down. I want to read it to you is asking you tonight prophetically to just be selfless. Stop trying to become. Learn who you have become and just be. He told me this earlier today and I wrote it down. The Holy Spirit. I call you to be tonight. I call you to participate in the glory. Be the glory Be the atmosphere of change for others. Don't complain. Be the change. Many have turned cold because they were trying to become and got tired. You must be for them so they can be again. When Jesus was saying to the crowd, you must pick up your cross and follow me. He was speaking prophetically. speaking about something that was about to happen and that through that sacrifice and through that salvation through Christ we would be able to do what he has done through the power of the Holy Spirit not through our own effort Amen